Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for listening. This is Season 1, Episode 2 of Brain Droppings. I am your host, Joe Choquette, and I have a very special guest alongside with me tonight, my lovely wife, Kate. And if you listen to Episode 1, you know that I brought my brother in for the inaugural. Um, audio was terrible. Apologize for that. Had no music. Also apologize for that. Um, Going to work on that as we progress through the season, but I do have some audio clips that I'll sprinkle in tonight as we go through this little adventure. So for episode two, uh, we're teaming or calling this one uh, the Kate and Joe experience uh, for episode two. It's going to be the story of how we met, um, how Kate's career corrupted me for life. And, you know, maybe we'll sprinkle in a little chatter about Kate's childcare providers over the years because they're pretty much a motley crew, and our nightmare New Year's that we seem to have on a annual basis, and how I'm fixing that for 2019's uh, New Year's Eve leading into 2020. So before I bring Kate into the mix, I want to make sure you all know how much I respect and love her, so I'll play this clip. I mean, come on, Ed, it's bullcrap. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is anchor man, not anchor lady, and that is a scientific fact. Uh-huh. I don't know what we're yelling about. I never know what we're yelling about. But where else do you start when you're going to bring your wife into a podcast uh, for an hour than obviously the story of how you met? So, Kate, lovely to have you on with me tonight. Thanks. I'm going to ask you to just roll a little bit closer to the mic (laughs) so that way we can all hear you. Um, Kate and I have a 21st century relationship. And for anybody that's not in the know as to what that means, I met my wife, my second wife, um, on a dating site. And she's laughing right now, but it should be noted that uh, this is not video, Kate, so you have to be (laughs) audible. And um, I'm also your second husband. But we we met um, in the interwebs on Plenty of Fish, and I was smitten by her profile uh, picture and the fact that it was, I don't remember her exact screen name, but it was um, Dragonfly... Three five seven seven, I think, was your handle. No, 
What was it? 32577. Okay. Well, needless to say, I got the dragonfly piece <laughs> correct. Um, I have reminders of the dragonfly everywhere. It's my wife's favorite insect. Um, she doesn't like birds or pandas mm-hmm. or koalas or even, you know, you, you name it, snakes. Um, no, she loves an insect and she loves the dragonfly. It's tattooed on her in a couple of spots and uh, we don't need to go any further down that path. So back to plenty of fish. <laughs> So I met Kate on Plenty of Fish, and um, it started a little bit of a back-and-forth banter. And yes, Kate? Who initiated contact? Uh, Kate reached out to me. Uh-huh. That's right, because I was a hot piece of ish. And uh-huh. I think she reached out to me because I think, if I remember correctly, my screen name was Newly Single, N-H. Right. And uh, well, I just figured at that point I'm going to sink my <laughs> Right into a newly single guy. Because, <laughs> you know, we don't carry any baggage. Nope. Uh, <laughs> oh, are you mistaken? <laughs> so oh. the cat and mouse games um, of unavailability commenced shortly thereafter. Before we go any further than that, we continued back and forth through dialogue in the app for a while. And then that led into us feeling safe enough that Kate would give me her actual phone number (laughs) and we started texting back and forth and decided that we were going to go out to dinner. That was going to be our thing. We were going to do a dinner date on a Friday night. Uh, We had to pick a halfway in between spot because I live in Southern New Hampshire and Kate lived on the North shore of Massachusetts. So our halfway point, by the way, I could spend another hour talking about how I had to convince this lady that a one-hour drive wasn't that bad when secretly I didn't know that her ex-boyfriend lived one town away from me. (laughs) So she knew that this was doable. She just was trying to play hard to get. It's okay. So we agree on this restaurant in a seaside community called Newburyport, Massachusetts. And beautiful restaurant. We go inside. It's very rustic. It's on the water. I meet Kate outside. Um, I'm smitten by her. She's in her work garb. With a smitten. I was a little smitten. It's okay. Oh, God. I was drooly. Um, she was in her work garb, which was very professional look, black, um, tight lines. She looked phenomenal. Me, I'm wearing typical New Hampshire garb. I'm wearing um, a checkered button-down shirt and a pair of jeans and dress shoes. But that's kind of my go-to. Uh, so we go in. We have this this wonderful. Why is it your go-to? Uh, that's like the go-to New Hampshire uniform. No, your shirt was the go-to. No, 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 no. I want you to tell everybody why the shirt was a go-to. I don't remember. Why don't you tell everybody? That's part of the podcast. It's a two-way. you have one in every single color in the closet. Yeah. Um, okay. Didn't plan on going down the Brooks Brothers path <laughs> this early in the podcast, but... Um, hey. Yeah, I happen to have a slight form of OCD. Um well, it's not like you know what that's going to be another episode. No, I know. I, I have to explain this. Episode. You bring up the number of shirts. I have to talk about it. My OCD is not like touch the door, touch the door, touch the door, touch the door, turn the latch. It's not like that. <laughs> uh, it's not wash my hands dry. And people that suffer with this, I am not making fun of you. I'm just explaining that the degree of OCD that I have is so minimal on the scale mm. that it's it's barely there. So but many lies. When I see. When I see something that I really enjoy, um, like I like Brooks Brothers dress shirts. I like the checkered patterns. Um, So I bought one in every color of the rainbow and in multiple shades of blue because blue is my favorite color. So I have a a bit of a savant side to me. You'll find this out throughout the season. Mm. Um, 
I have superior genetic makeup than most people. I, I've come to accept Whole this. Another episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we can talk about my supremeness in a different episode. Yes. But we'll, um, we'll stay back to this dinner. So I, I'm wearing my typical New Hampshire uniform, sans the Brooks Brothers dress shirt, because I just want to look a little bit fancy for her. Um, and she is looking, you know, Massachusetts businesswoman style sexy. I had jeans on. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. You had black pants. I remember to this day, you had a black pants, black jacket. Oh, my God. You're going to witness our first fight right now. If we're having our first fight no. five months after marriage? No, 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 no. Oh. On air. Oh, our first on air <laughs> fight. Well, that's, that ought to be interesting. I had jean like leggings with my black boots that are still in the closet with the toe open. Sure. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm listening. In a black top. That swept over one side of my shoulder because it was hot. So, please. We could do another episode on <laughs> on Kate's correcting of all of my stories. We talk about people that have different degrees of OCD. Hey, Kate, not for nothing, but for the <laughs> audio files that listen to details. Kate, for the audio files that listen to our podcast, can you not stomp your feet on the bed? Yeah. We're taping a podcast in our bed. Um, <laughs> Kate is very demonstrative. We should have a video podcast and a YouTube channel, but our children would disown us. Um, so needless to say, we're at this dinner. Jeez, I, I have to keep, I'm reining you in like I was reining my brother in the other night. Uh, <laughs> we're at dinner and, um, you know, there are certain pieces of this dinner that are non, non-consequential to how the night went, but they're just things that Kate and I look back and giggle. One table over from us was a lady in a full body oh leopard, leopard print suit, pantsuit, or no, dress. jacket. Jacket and dress and skirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not dress and skirt, but yes. Yeah, it was jacket and skirt. But it was all leopard print down to the shoes. Um, She was a hot mess. Oh, yeah. Now, mind you, on her first date with me, we're in this little booth. And Kate hasn't learned the first rule of podcasting, which is to turn your goddamn phone off. What the fuck is the matter with you? I'm so sorry. No, you're not. Um, Because she does this at movie theaters, grocery stores, libraries, you name it. Anywhere where you're supposed to be quiet, Kate's ding, ding. And it's never anything super important. It's like, where's the butter? Um, But anywho, we're at this dinner and it's going good. We're doing a lot of that, you know, back and forth question asking, you know, who are you? How are you? Blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, oddly, given your text tone that just came through, (laughs) I hear the absolute un, un, I'm trying to find the right word, but it's the, the sound that you hear that is, the second unmistaken yeah. ringtone of a FaceTime on an iPhone. And she looks at me straight face and says, this will just be a minute. <laughs> she turns around and she's like trying to hide the fact that she's FaceTiming her daughter. No, no, no. I was trying to hide my daughter from seeing you. Oh, yes. And so needless to say, our date had a FaceTime break. Mind you, I get up and go to the bathroom shortly thereafter, and a waitress decided that giving me the number would, giving me her number would be a good idea. Um, not a good idea on that date. So long story short, we um, decide that we're going to finish dinner, and we end up finishing. We had a nice dinner together, and 
we're headed back towards uh, the car. And this is a, a very special time for her and I because it's at the end of the date. It's one of those, do you do a um, good night kiss? Do you do a good night hug? There was definitely sparks there. I felt them. I know she felt them as well, um, and, you know, because we spoke down the road. Um, but that night in that moment, it was one of those, gee, um, what do you do here? And I, I'm telling this story. I'm kind of vamping. That's what they call when you're just talking because your wife took her headphones off and decided to answer the door because one of your kids doesn't understand the fact that you're on a goddamn podcast. So um, now that you're back, I'm talking about the end of the date. Do you remember the end of the date? Oh, I do. So I'm not even picking on the fact that Kate was driving a Mini Cooper. We're leaving that out of the story no. because it's... You see, I have to correct your stories again. Were you not in the Mini Cooper for that no, day? No, I was in his car that I just recently crashed. Oh, yes, I remember. And when she says his car that she recently crashed, she's talking about the ex-boyfriend that she recently broke up with to go on the date with me. Uh, <laughs> now, I'm guessing we'll, we can get down into that relationship a little bit further in the set notes, but... Um, I'm guessing that this, how long were you single before our date? Mm, month and a half. Mm, that's a decent amount of time. Um, it was a year relationship, year mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah. So no, just one year. Just one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hit the one year mark, no ring, out. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, um, she goes to get off to her, like I'm waiting, like are we going to hug? Do we kiss? It was a very weird we we hugged, right? There was no kiss. No, oh, no, we definitely didn't, no kiss. We didn't even really hug, I don't think. Like it was like a, I'd like to do this again. You were like, Yeah, me too. And then literally I swear to God, Kate, there are seventeen levels of being an asshole on a podcast. You have touched sixteen. Um so I don't know what's better. My wife and her phone that keeps dinging or my brother who sounded hammered. Um oh. But anywho. Um, so Kate does this speed walk from when we say, let's do this again. I watch this lady. Now, mind you, you were not in leggings. You were in a skirt cause you were motoring across that parking lot. Now I'm in a skirt because before I had black pants on. Whatever. You were in something, but you were moving oh fast. Oh my God. You have a horrific, horrific detail memory. Like hey, you might remember something like the actual event that happened, but cut it down to details and you suck. I was there. That's all that matters. <laughs> I was a part of it. I was there. Um, so we feel this this magic between us, but neither one of us want to speak about it. So she bolts to her car and then <laughs> takes off, and I take off. Did you talk about the the when I was you know answering the door with your child that you told me to answer? But anyway, um, did you talk about the the walk? The offer for a walk when I was over there? Oh, no, I did leave the offer for the walk out. Okay. I didn't think it was, you know, I don't really like to talk about my rejections on our podcast, but by all means, you brought it up. Go ahead. Give us some details. Hmm. Before I went to my car and right after we came out of the restaurant, it was like that awkward, well, kind of what happens next. And Joe said... Would you like to take a walk down to the, you know, take a walk down to the water on the, um, the little path? 
you know, the romantic thing to do when you're on a first date with somebody that you're digging on? Sure, go ahead. That's when I checked out <laughs> because I just needed to get as far away from him as possible <laughs> because I it just was that it was that weird. It was that. This is not inflating my ego in the slightest. That weird. It should also be known that Kate watches a lot of Criminal Minds okay. and probably was visualizing me taking her and throwing her off the, the boardwalk into the water and murdering her in Newburyport. But that wasn't really the intention. The intention was I wanted to walk with this really hot chick and see what the night brought us. How Can you get any more romantic than walking through a marina in a seaside historic community on a first date. I mean, please, people, let's just get it out there. I am romantic. I was trying to be romantic. You were trying <laughs> out for the speed walking Olympics. <laughs> With very high boots on. Yes. Yeah. So. Didn't trip. No. So Kate got into the car and that, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to take you guys minute to minute, but let's just fast forward. Um, and say, maybe I've reached out to Kate six times in a two-week span to try to communicate with Kate. And I wasn't getting much. I was on the verge of giving up my texting. And then we entered a phase called insomnia texting. Now, my lovely bride at the time was suffering with a bad bout of insomnia. Too many things rattling around in her head. Couldn't shut her brain off. And she was up. And when she was up, she was up late. To know me, regardless of what's happening in my life, the second I touch the bed, a five-minute counter starts. Oh. It's like when you log into Blog Talk Radio and it says, your show will start in five minutes. You have five minutes until I go out cold. So I don't have trouble sleeping. However, I didn't want to miss a text from this person because I really did feel something there. So I forced myself to stay up and gave myself insomnia in the process of staying up to communicate with her. And it wasn't like we were sexting late night. Nope. This was merely just daily banter, but Kate wasn't sectioning time for me until 10 of 12 at night. <laughs> and you can't feel any more insignificant than when the girl you're chasing is letting you know that the only time she has for you is the time right before she's going to force herself to go to sleep. But anywho. Oh, my God. Then that at least started a dialogue. And it became almost a nightly thing for mm -hmm. us for a couple of weeks. Um, and then why don't you tell them what happened next, Kate? How, what, did that, what did that texting lead to? Did it lead to a date offering? Yes. Oh, and who offered that date? I did. Uh-huh. And did I go? Oh, you, mm. <laughs> tell everybody they're listening. They want to know. Okay. Joe agreed to go on a second date and maybe two hours before we were supposed to go out, he texted me and informs me that the mother of his children came down with the flu and he needed to take his boys back for the weekend. Which was an absolute total BS lie. What I didn't like was I didn't like the fact that I wanted to go. Now, mind you, I had asked her 
multiple times during insomnia texting to get back together. And I was told each time, I'm not ready. I'm not there yet. So I started wondering how long of the string I was on that was getting dangled. So I decided, oh, you want to play hard to get? Two can play your game. Oh, wow. Yeah, that happened. You suck. I do. Um, so then. It's like it just happened. I know. You feel, are you still, are a you P- PTSD right Are now? you PTSD'd from this? A little bit. Could you please just do me a huge favor and turn a little bit closer to the microphone? Oh, Jesus. Well, you're talking up and away, and the <laughs> microphone is off to your right. I'm a rookie. I know, but that's okay. I'm giving you direction. Um, so that led us to the Kume incident because we had the opportunity to actually connect. The Kume incident? Yes. Do you remember the... Oh, no, I do, but we just jumped. Well, we're not going to take them blow by blow. We're just giving them pieces. No, I know that. So, yeah, we ended up... So, the Kume incident was really our first... It was the first time that we were meeting up here, and I was going to stay the night. Correct. Mm -hmm. So, we had gone on a couple of dates. Things had gone good. We had an afternoon visit. Everything went great. And then we decided... See, I didn't even talk about creeping into your house... While the kids were asleep and you inviting me to Peabody. Oh, my God. I didn't, really? I didn't talk about lice gate. Oh, stop. I left it all out. I just fast-forwarded to Kume. Mm. Kume's a Japanese steakhouse that's located in southern New Hampshire, about 20 minutes from my house. Are people freaking out right now? Because I think the only thing they heard was lice. Oh, yeah, lice gate. We'll go back to that. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure out a way to weave that into the fabric of the I'm season. I'm sure you will. But um, the Kume incident. It's a Japanese steakhouse in southern New Hampshire, about 15 minutes from my house. And this was going to be our first up here overnight, no kids, um, rendezvous of sorts. So we get there. Kate orders a very fancy drink. Um, and it was, Tell them what it is. Well, I didn't know if you want. Drink. I didn't know if you wanted me to let your drink become public knowledge someday. Oh, absolutely, I will definitely share the happiness that drink brings me. <laughs> so Kate discovered. The one Kate doesn't like vodka. Actually, vodka doesn't like Kate. Kate doesn't. I don't like vodka. You know, uh, it tastes like drinking rubbing alcohol. If it's good vodka, you shouldn't taste it. But if you're drinking Mr. Boston by the handle with your friend, um, (laughs) with wet brain, you're in trouble. Um, But good vodka, no taste. But anywho, Kate is so scarred from drinking bottom of the barrel vodka that she says, "I want a Cosmo, but I want it with Patron Silver." So the bartender, who we've now become friends with, um, she like looked at me like I was. She looked at her like she had six heads. Yeah. But she made it, and oh, it was amazing. My God. The only problem is, Kate never got a sip of it, because just as the bartender was turning to make her drink, now I went simple. I got my type. Those things are pretty much pre-mixed. They just add a ton of alcohol to a little bit of fruit juice. But Kate's was going to be an intricate mix. During the time Kate ordered it to when the drink was being prepped. An emergency phone call came in. Um, the person that was watching her kids at her, you know, down in her area had had uh, an emergency. One of their friends had come over and that friend was obviously hammered and the kids did not feel comfortable. So they called mom. So as a good mom would, Kate had to turn and burn. She gave me a huge, I'm sorry. We're going to make, we'll make this up. I just have to go. I shit you not, 
she flies out. No problem. You know, you got to go. You got to go. I turn back with the bartender <laughs> turning back towards me and putting the drink down. And she goes, where did she go? <laughs> did you scare her away? And oh. I said, no, she had an emergency, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, the bartender goes, well, I'm not going to charge you for the drink. I said, I'm not going to let you pour it out. So I drank Kate's fancy drink, and it was super good. And then I drank my Mai Tai, and that was super good. And then I realized I needed to eat food because I shouldn't drive if I've had two mixed drinks. So I ate a couple of rolls of sushi, and then I went home. During the whole time, I'm texting and checking on Kate, and the kids are safe at this point, and, you know, crisis averted. But there was drama. <laughs> There was the Kume incident encapsulated, so we weren't able to connect. And then we did. And to fast forward, then we started an exclusive relationship where we're going Peabody, Massachusetts, to southern New Hampshire, back and forth, and we're making it work. We're doing it when we don't have our kids. We're doing it when one of us doesn't have the kids. We're making it work, and it's it's amazing. But let awesome. me tell you, I got to a point it's a one hour and two minute drive. Anybody of our friends, we tell them it's always just under an hour. It's 55, 55 minutes. minutes. It's not. It's, it's an hour and two, and I drive 80. Uh, so there's no chance someone's making it in 55. But we tell them that so that they come and visit us. Um, but needless to say, we're going back and forth. Um, and that worked out, I'd say, really well since we're married now and that kind of gives people a window into our early dating. The midday, I mean, there'll, there'll be other stories that come out. We could take, we could spend three days just recap, recapping every event that happened to us. But one of the things I like to talk about so that people understand our choice in people, because that will tell them our choices in life. Um, you chose me. I chose you. So we obviously have the ability to make good decisions. But let's talk about a decision that wasn't a good decision. Let's talk about the boyfriend and girlfriend just before we met each other. Because remember, you have to live through a lot of rainy days to find a sunny day. So, Kate, who did I date before you? The 12-year-old? <laughs> okay, that. That sets off pedophile alarms and FCC people will come knocking on a door. Will you please clarify for anybody that's listening? Um, that's your nickname for this person. But please tell everybody she was not a minor. She could vote. <laughs> she had to pay taxes. <laughs> oh, my please. God. I'm going to throw from my mouth right now. Is that our cat right now? Will you please tell the story? I can't tell the story about the person you dated. Before me? No, no, no. Just describe the person, and I'm going to describe your person. It's about making a... We made good decisions. We chose each other. Let's mm -hmm. talk about a bad decision each of us made. Tell me about my bad decision, the person I dated right before you. The 12-year-old. Yeah. Again, will you please clarify that that is a nickname that you've given to an ex-girlfriend of mine and that she's not actually a 12-year-old woman? <laughs> please. Can you start there, and then we'll move forward? Confirmed. Confirmed what, Kate? What did you just confirm? That she's not 12. Okay, how old was she? Do you remember? Or do you just only know her as the 12-year-old? 21? Yeah, 22, but oh. that's okay. Oh. No, okay. that's fine. I know that's painful. I can see the PTSD in your face. PTSD? I didn't experience it. <laughs> no, but, just... it, but it was a bad, bad decision I made. 
I really only bare my soul like that when I want something. So I only brought up this topic, not so that we could talk about the oh, 12 year old. What do you want? Who wasn't 12? She was 22. But not so that we could talk about that person. I want to talk about how your ex boyfriend not only is the embodiment, the physical embodiment of one of my deep seated core fears. And <laughs> there's a tent. <laughs> I can't believe you went there. Uh, oh, I am. You uh, have to admit, when you think about stories that are funny, that is a funny story that we've told. People understand this. Kate Megan made an excellent decision. She chose me. Um, but the guy before me, the guy that was, she was broken up with, the guy that made her run from our first date, this guy is obviously my Lex Luthor to my Superman. Uh, so I hate him. Now, when I say he embodies the physical embodiment of one of my deep-seated, rooted fears, Kate, would you say that your boyfriend prior to me was a man of great stature? I will not confirm nor deny. Okay. Would you say that the guy that you dated before me... Oh, my God. You are relentless. Just get to it. Might have been... I don't know. You're junior, but not in age. <laughs> in height. <laughs> because this all goes back to height. I need to... Okay, I'm, I, need, I, I, need, need to I need to say one thing. Okay. I thought you were going someplace else. I'm cool with that. Yeah. What'd you think? Oh, I just thought you were going someplace else. No, we're talking about... That's why I left off. Yeah, okay. um, for anybody that obviously can't see into my house <laughs> weeks later uh, in rewind time, Kate sat up. It was yeah, looking like she was, getting re- she was getting ready to leave the podcast. I was, like, I was about to literally make my first, my second guest ever leave my show. But no, we were talking about his height, Kate. My deep-seated rooted fear is a fear of, I'm bearing this on a podcast. Oh. I know. Be careful. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going ADA protected. How? I'll show you. Everybody has a fear. I don't think clowns are a protected class. I don't think spiders are a protected class. I don't think snakes are a protected class. Nor should you. Okay. So I fear only two things in my life. I don't fear death. I fear little people. And I fear gingies. Primarily gingy children. Little people are a protected class. Yes, but because they're a protected class, me having a fear of them doesn't make it make them any more special. I'm I'm afraid of them. I don't need to now know that they have legal backing behind them and they're going to come after me with lawsuits because I don't like them. And I'm indiscriminate. I, it's not like I don't like a specific type of LP. I am not LP friendly. And I'm okay to admit it. They scare the shit out of me. They really do. They're ankle biters. Oh, <laughs> they are not. The nuts. You can't say no, that. they are. They can. Oh, oh one bite. You they can take the junk off. comments, and this is okay. Yes, I'm talking about little people in general. And I'm, when I say little people, I'm talking about people that have dwarfism. People that are. Um, so, I know it's. So he, wait. So, um, my um, ex boyfriend was a dwarf. Is a dwarf? Well, is he? Greater than or less than five six? 
I don't know. That's him. not a. I, that is not an honest answer, Kate. Was he above the brow or below your brow? Would you say? Because I know your height. <laughs> Kate. Below the brow. Say okay. It. Was he? Fine. Okay. It should be noted, Kate is five foot eight, and the distance from the top of her head to her brow is over two inches. Um, edit. Kate is five seven and a half. So that makes this man even smaller. <laughs> so yes, I fear little people. Um, I also fear gingies, and I'm not going to get into that tonight. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to bring a bad juju into my podcast. Mm. I'm leaving the gingies. Bad juju over gingies, but not little no, people. Little people. No, I just fear little people. Okay. Let me tell you. There, no, there's a big difference between an LP and a ginge. And I'll, and I'll tell you. Oh. To know what a gingy is and the fear that is associated with it, it's an actual fear. I have no idea what the specific term is. Maybe it's a made-up fear. I don't care. They are known in biblical times to suck the souls from people. And that scares the shit out of me. An LP, yes. You call them soul suckers. They are soul suckers. Um, they're redheaded stepchildren soul suckers. Um, but gingies, gingies, and that's what makes gingies the supreme. They're in the Marvel Cinema Universe. If they could come up with a true gingy superhero that was like embracing their ginge, um, that particular superhero would dominate everything because it could suck the soul from it. But now, an LP... Make stop watching it? No. What? Make me stop watching what? Um, Marvel. Like, the Marvel series. Would, would I your just, fear... Pause. Or? Pause. Just like I did in my last... So, everybody what? needs to understand this. At certain points in my podcast, I'll stop the conversation, rewind, and replay a statement that somebody just made. So, I need to pause you, rewind you, and replay what we just said Go ahead. What are you? Say your statement again. What you just said. Say it again. I had to stop, pause, rewind. I need you to say it again. I can't. Why? Kate's giving me a face and it's not good. Okay. So moving on. Um, You crossed two words that are completely different from each other and made them into one word to describe something. You called the MCU the Marvel movies. You took Carvel, the ice cream company, with the whale cake, and Marvel, and you made them Marvel. The Marvel movies. It's like a series of musicals, the Marvels. I'm sorry, I saw the movie, and it's Marvel. Her name is Marvel, not Ken. That's why. Oh, who, whose name is Marvell in the movie? The doctor. The doctor. Who died in the crash? Oh, yes. She was, yes. That was Marvell. Correct. But she wasn't like Captain Marvel. No. She was Marvell. So they're going to make a standalone movie, The Marvells, where they form like a 60s doo-wop group. They could... You are so she excited. Do, 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 Marvel. Um, so is it too late? Is it too late for what? To get divorced? Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's so mean. So I'm, he loves. He you no know, seriously loves to torture me. 
no matter what. I had a 12-year-old girlfriend, and I love to torture my wife. Please. <laughs> DCF and the police are going to be here in no time. You're going to get me. You're going to make me a thousand feet away from anybody that lives. I'd love to meet love. Oh, my gosh. We watch a lot of that show. Well, how about if we move away from ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends? I thought that was a good segment. Um, and I don't, there's no. I'm glad you did. Oh, yeah, it was an excellent segment. It, it worked for me. We were talking about it. But, you know, occasionally you have to segment onto, I don't know, other topics. Um, tonight, I would like to mention that um, our episode is sponsored. And I have to play our sponsor's ad right now. And we'll come back and. Hopefully we'll come up with a new topic to talk about. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. Yep. It's made with bits of real panther. So you know it's good. (laughs) I love that ad. Um, Make sure to get Sex Panther. It is made with little bits of panther, which makes it so good. Um, Moving right. Yes, well, perfect. Creepy is, I needed a segue, Kate. I played an ad. You came up with the word creepy. I'd like to make, we'll name this segment. This segment will be called Kate's Career Corrupted Me oh for Life. Oh, my God. So, Kate, tell the people that listen to this podcast, what has been your career arc over, say, the last 10 years, the last 15 years? What has been your career arc? Starting in... Being a director? Yeah, men. just give a brief synopsis of the field you're yeah. in, what you do, you know, for layman's. Okay. So, about 10 years ago, I entered the field of addictions. Um, and through the years, I've uh, gone through the gamut of different levels of care um, addressing the opioid epidemic. So, yeah, that's what I do right, you know. That is the most terrible description of what you do. Kate is on the front lines. Mm. Kate's career arc has been a meteoric rise throughout the opioid epidemic that has struck the United States and specifically the state of Massachusetts. Um, Kate has worked for a nonprofit, for-profits. She's also um, handles multiple states, facilities, clinics, Kate is a saint and some a, a person within that industry that people aspire to be like. Um, all that being said, with all the beauty that comes with the work that she does, there's also sadly a lot of ugly and fortunately for the levity of it, there's also a lot of comedy that comes out of this career field because it's, it's the quintessential, oh my God, that can't be real life, but it's real life. Shit just happens. Um, so I'm, I'm very proud of what you do first off. Um, but I will tell you that it has produced some, some rather funny stories that only you and I can have. That's the sad, the the beautiful part of it is knowing what she does. The horrible part for me as a podcaster is I can't share the stories with you because even if you change the names to protect the innocent, it's a form of exploiting their experiences. But I will tell you, it is, it's, it provides a lot of laughs, a lot of tears, a lot of cheers. Um, I've gone on walks. Kate's like opened my eyes. It should be noted that prior to meeting Kate, I knew nothing about 
opioid abuse. I knew nothing about heroin or any of the other drugs that are out there. In fact, I didn't know half their names. Um, it's just not a, a circle I've spun in or paid attention to. So when she speaks to me, it's like it's music. My brain just sucks it in and, and I've become very educated. I will tell you in a story that doesn't involve a patient or anybody else, it's just a Kate and I story that revolves around how her career has corrupted me for life. Um, because she's so hypervigilant and involved in the front lines and the weeds with these patients day in and day out, she becomes very acute to profiling um, a person in recovery that's slipping or a person that's in recovery that's not following the program. She can identify usage. But there are people that look at somebody and they go, oh, that, that person's fucked up. No, but Kate's like a superhero because she can look at the person <laughs> and she can tell you the drug. It, and she starts general with you, like upper or downer, and then from there she spiders into the subdivisions of drugs until she gets to the exact one, like, that person has bath crystals and Drano in their veins. Uh, <laughs> she, can, she can get down to that level. But it is, it, sadly, because I want to be like a superhero like her, I do the same thing. And it's the funniest part is I'll go, that person looks like they're all jammed up and she'll go, um, actually I can tell you exactly what they're on. <laughs> it's like, she's their CVS. She knows exactly what prescriptions they have, what they're on. It, it's bizarre to me, but don't you agree? It's been, it's like, I, I become like your little Robin to your Batman of trying to figure out when people are jammed up when we're out and about. It's true. It's just when you work in the, in the, the field, it's, you see everything, so it's hard to uh, hard to detach that, you know, from your personal life or you know just your everyday experiences. So, and it it that's a great point. And you can go a little bit further with it and say, let me ask you a quick question: Are there a lot of hours involved with somebody who's in your particular field? Do you have to spend a lot of hours working, a lot of effort, a lot of time? Yeah. So working full-time plus giving that extra effort because you want to see these people succeed. Um, it requires you when you're a single mom and you have kids, you have to have a childcare provider, right? Yes. Yeah. Everybody does. I mean, kids go to school at different times. Your kids are spaced out. So one was in elementary, one's in middle. So it's different schools, different times. You're in a city. You, you need healthcare providers, right? Kate? Healthcare or childcare? Sorry, childcare providers. Yeah, yes. you, I would not trust any of those people as healthcare providers. <laughs> These people we can talk about, and we're going to. Um, so you'd think living in the North Shore of Massachusetts, multiple communities, a high concentration of the population of Massachusetts is in the North Shore of Massachusetts. While it still retains its quaintness, it, there are cities. You'd think that it would be easy to find a babysitter. I mean, hell, if you were a teacher in this city that we're speaking of for kindergarten and the kids that you had as a kindergarten teacher were now 18, 19, 20 years old, mm. you'd think that you would have an unlimited pool of qualified candidates to hire for childcare. Is that a fair assumption? Definitely. Was that your experience? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. No, not even Kate, Kate a had little. a bad string of um, people that she brought in, that she vetted and brought in to watch her kids for a couple of hours in the morning. Right. So I had to be at work really early. 
So I needed someone to come between five and six. So I could go to work and someone would be there to get the kids off at school. Okay. So So I trusted them to get to school safely. You know. They had very limited responsibilities. It was basically make sure your son woke up, your daughter was ready, lunch packed. They don't need to take them to school. They don't need to be fed. They don't need to be tubbed. Nothing. Right. Just show up. So to define exactly the, the, the string of unfortunate luck that Kate had when living out there in the city, um, she had a neighbor who was wonderful. Um, the only problem is, after a while, that neighbor decided to go to college to become yes, she an to... esthetician or, or a beautician. She was going to become a hairstylist, yeah. right? So she did. She did, and she went and did that. So that left Kate in a lurch. She had to find somebody. And so she hired this first lady. And we're just going to refer to her as the bald thief. Oh, um, because I don't, to be honest with you, I know you do, and I'm not going to ask you to, to say it, but I don't even remember her name. She's always been the bald thief. And you might be thinking to yourself, did, did he just say the bald thief? B-A-L-D, bald? Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> let's, not, let's not get that minced up. I, I, straight Huey ball. Um, what? Go ahead. Explain why, though. Compromised immune system. You're a dick. <laughs> Was it not a compromised immune system? She had alopecia. Alopecia. Yes. She has no hair on her body, Jackie. Wow. That, I, okay, so that, I can check that off the list of things I wanted to you see in the wild. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize it was in front of me. I didn't know she didn't have eyebrows. Nothing. Eyelashes? Nothing. <gasps> Nose hair? I would assume not. Toe hair? That's disgusting. Well, who would know? Um, but yeah, that's wild. See, okay, so I didn't know she had a true condition, but she mm-hmm. um, had some sick wigs. And uh, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. And uh, a scarf collection that was fucking rivaled by very few. Um, but unfortunately, Kate, how long did that employment stint last? Oh, God. Not to when it started getting faulty, but when it terminated. A couple months. Over a three-month span, would you say that all the valuables within your home remained in your home? Or would you say that maybe some of them disappeared? Valuables? Keepsakes, valuables, money, jewelry. Stop. (laughs) I'm just asking. I was missing a few things. Okay. And sadly, her story started getting crazier than the craziest, crazy stories you can think about, about not being available and around. And she, unfortunately, was terminated, correct? Correct. Okay. Then, you hired Donna Mia. Sweet baby Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus, Donna Mia. Donna um, primarily... um, survived by eating your food, correct? <laughs> is, that, is that a fair assessment? That may be correct. Was, did it ever get so bad that you uh, relocated certain foods 
so that your children would be able to have those foods? I did. But can we go back just one step? Okay. When did we start noticing that the food consumption was becoming a problem? When did it first become clear? What did she do? Oh, was it was it cake? She was did. it the cake incident? It was Aiden's birthday cake. Kate's son had a birthday. Was he eleven? Yep. For his eleventh. Oh no! Twelve? No, no, twelve. Okay, for his twelfth birthday, and he had a party. He had friends over. I think they had a sleepover. No, no, it was my mom. She made him a homemade cake. Oh, okay, you go ahead. Nothing in this world is better than a homemade cake. Oh, crazy. Um, so Aiden loved it. Had two pieces that night. Next, you know, and then we left my mom's and. We wrapped it up, and he had his cake that he could bring home. So, you know, I get home with him that night, and they go off to bed. So the cake is there when he goes to bed. And then he woke up in the morning. And to know my kids, by the way, they like to eat desserts in the morning. He went to find the cake. Kate has free-range children. Go ahead. (laughs) So... When he went to find the cake the next morning, it might have been gone. Ooh, Donna and Mia ate the cake, huh. for sure. Did she own up to it? Oh, she did. Was she proud of it? I don't think so. No, I made it very clear to her that that was... Inappropriate. Aiden's birthday cake that she decided she would eat. Yeah. Yeah, so that was... Um... That was That was bad. And what? that's when it became clear because my kids wouldn't let it go. Yeah. And then they decided to measure the amount of food <laughs> prior to her getting there. But it was considerable. I mean, that's a fair statement, right? I mean, you didn't you get to the point of hiding cookies and yeah, crackers? I did. So that your kids would have them? I actually, before that, I wasn't using that pantry in the hallway. That was all dishes, dishes, china, like never use it as a pantry. Well, I had to actually rearrange that whole, you know, pantry to make it now for food. So it wasn't within her like purview. Donna Mia. (laughs) That's going to be almost like a catchphrase now. You just sit back and you're like, you know what? Donna Mia. (laughs) I got done. What was the worst part of her free range of my kitchen? Um, she didn't eat healthy what did, food. No, what did she do that put me over my edge? Oh, I forget. What did she do? I, so, to know me is to know that the first thing I do in the morning is go to my Keurig. Oh, she drank the last coffee. And I woke up in the morning like I always do. And I went downstairs. She would always be there a few minutes before I got up. I went to make the coffee. No pods left. Did she have a hot coffee in her hand? She did. (laughs) And I wanted to rip her face off. Yeah. You should never get in the way of Kate and coffee. That's a, that is a. It was a, I, I honestly, I'll be honest. I didn't give a fuck when my kids complained. Like, seriously, who cares? Shut up. Like, but I just finally experienced 
what they feel every day because she touched my fucking coffee. <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't work out so well. And then she brought her granddaughter all the time. Um, but that kid was free range. Uh, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, I'll so unfortunately. Hold on. I'll come downstairs in the morning and she's already feeding her breakfast. Oh, I gotta take this back to somewhere a little more comfortable. At the end of the day, they're never gonna be a paid sponsor of this podcast, so I don't mind trashing them a little bit. Kate, I will reveal that you had no luck on Care dot com, did you? Oh, <laughs> it's now I, I'll, really I'm gonna go out on a limb bad. here, and I, I have to you know clarify: the bald thief and Donna Mia were not Care dot com providers. But there was a Care.com provider, and she made it one day. Was it one, one day? One morning. I can't even say day. One morning. One three-hour break. Two hours. Yeah, whatever. No more than three hours. She couldn't handle it. <laughs> one morning. So we did not have a good um, experience with Care.com. So unfortunately, there'll probably never be a sponsor of my podcast, but I had to get that out there because you got to vet your people better. <sighs> so let's, what? Can I just interject? Sure. What pisses me off? We're back on Care.com. Is that she claimed she was very, very good working with children who were difficult to manage. She prided herself on that, and she named it one day, one morning, because my son locks himself in the bathroom to take a shower, and he fell asleep on the floor, and she had to break down the door. Yeah, but that's kind of, if you think about it, I don't know if you think about it, it's actually not that bad, Um, but... Most kids don't go in a bathroom, lock themselves in, and take a nap. Uh, no, but when <laughs> I hire her specifically because she has right. experience working with children with some difficulties. Yeah. And the fact that she couldn't manage that on the first day mm-hmm. is big, 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 big problem. No, I, I totally, I totally hear you on that. Um, I think we're running close on time. So listen, Kate, season one, episode two, brain droppings, you and me. That was not bad. Yeah. I think we did really well. Um, I'm going to be doing these on a weekly basis and loading them up. I'll have different guests coming in and out of the podcast throughout the entire season. Um, and you will definitely hear Kate again. As you'll hear my brother, hopefully, if we can get his audio set up, because that was horrific to listen to. So until that's fixed, he's off. Um, But tonight you got Kate, and I hope you enjoyed it. I just want to leave you guys with a little bumper music. Check back in. I will definitely have something for you in the next week. Damn, I'm in the matrix, my mind is living on cloud nine and